Welcome to For the Love of Pod, a podcast about faith, community, and learning from one another about how we find meaning. I'm your host, Erin Phelps, a Master's of Divinity student at Louisville Seminary. This podcast started as a project for my worship community and pedagogy class. It is designed to be a fun, open way to hear about folks in their past and current faith life. Most importantly, each of my guests will teach me about something that's important and meaningful to them. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to For the Love of Pod. My name is Charlie Sewer and I am not your normal host, but that is because I am here to interview your normal host, Aaron Phelps. Aaron, say hello. Hello and thank you to my wonderful husband, Dr. Charlie Sewer, for stepping in so I could be interviewed. All right. Uh, so, uh, Aaron, since your listeners have, have heard uh, a lot about uh all of your guests why don't you take a few minutes and tell them a little bit about yourself what are your what's your job uh what are your hobbies uh favorite piece of media things like that awesome um well thank you charlie so much for asking me um we're gonna be feeling a little goofy because this is a different dynamic but my name is aaron and if you've been listening somehow but don't know me Welcome. Very impressed that you found this somehow. Uh, but uh, just a little snapshot of myself. I am, as my introduction said, currently in seminary at Louisville Seminary. It's a Presbyterian institution. I am not currently Presbyterian, but open because I, um, well, we'll get into the faith stuff later, but basically I'm currently hanging out with Baptists. So that's cool. And decided that I, in some way, really felt called to um, become a ministry professional. And so I'm pursuing my education there. That's kind of like a job. The actual job that pays me real people money is that a couple days a week, I work on what's called the guest happiness team at Neat Beat Salon. Um, it's in J-Town, kind of near where I live. And um, guest happiness team members are responsible for scheduling and getting in touch with guests and helping them get their appointments and all kinds of stuff. I really enjoy my coworkers there. It's a beautiful, very team-oriented, positive place to work. So that's really awesome. Um, I also do all kinds of cool random things. Occasional freelance writing is, uh, is a job that I've done at Frolic Media. Um, which I haven't done for most of this semester, but it's a lot about romance. And I could talk about media all day, but again, that's not the podcast for it. So I will say I do love TV and movie criticism and um, doing sort of critical thinking about media. I am also a giant fan of romance novels um, just because they've really helped me in the past with my anxiety as a way to redirect my thoughts into something positive and pleasant. And uh, I love, yeah, romance uh, novel stuff on the internet. They call it Romance Landia, um, is the name of romance fans and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's also another little bit about me that I love chatting about romance novels and TV and movies too in my spare time. Awesome. Thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. And now this is kind of silly, but we're just going to go ahead and do it anyway. We're going <gasps> to yes! do 
the podcast consent corner. I forgot to tell you whether we should do this, but this is on the up and up. <laughs> so Aaron, if you are here of your own free will, have been informed ahead of time of the content of this project, and know you are free to refuse to discuss anything, uh, to discuss something at any time, please say, I consent. I consent. Thank goodness. All right. So now it is time for the think fast questions. I have two questions okay. for you. And just a little primer for listeners in case this is the episode you're popping in on first. Uh, it's technically going to be the first one that shows up, I guess, on the list um, because it's most recent. Think fast is something we do in my worship community and pedagogy class. And it's just like a quick this or that response to get our brains moving and sometimes think about funny things or interesting choices. So it's kind of like, would you rather? Um, and Charlie has devised two questions. I don't know what they are. All right, here we go. So for this first one, would you rather spend the rest of your life living on a sailboat or in an RV? Oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. My my gut says RV. I think so too. Uh, neither of us have ever lived near the ocean or been particularly attached to it. We've enjoyed being on boats, but... RVs can take me near enough to the ocean. That's right. And they can also take you to lots of other very interesting places, whereas a sailboat, yeah, can get you to an island, I suppose. RVs can't get to islands, but... Um, yeah, and sailboats can't get to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, and I, I haven't been on many sailboats in my life, but unless it's like a super fancy yacht, I feel like RVs have the better potential for a kitchen situation. Right. And also one of the only boats I have been on um, was one that was in my friend's family's garage because it was rarely out to sea. <laughs> And it um, it just, like, always had that kind of musty smell. Mm. And I'm not about that. I can't live my life that way. Um, the RV, I at least have, I think, a little safer potential to, like, burn some fragrant candles and enjoy. That's right. Aaron loves a good candle. I do. All right. Next question. You're going to have a superpower where you can see into the future. Mm -hmm. The question is, would you rather always be able to look five minutes into the future or always be able to look 100 years into the future? These are blowing my mind, Charlie. You did a really good, good thing job. there's only two of them. <laughs> um, my gut says 100 years. Mm. I okay. think... It's sort of like one of those things where you realize if you know your future, it's going to mess things up and you get into lots of like uh, problematic issues where you wonder, oh, did my vision of the, it's like what, I can't believe I'm about to say this. It's like what happens to Alice Cullen in Twilight. <laughs> Charlie's face is such a mess right now, but it's because it's like some of the things she sees are visions of what's about to happen. But the question is, did your vision make that happen because you had it? It's like one of those classic sci-fi time travel problems. And I feel like I would become so preoccupied constantly with living five minutes in the future that I would forget to live in the now, man. Um, but a hundred years in the future, I'm gone. I just kind of get glimpses into what the world can be like and still possibly use that as a way to influence my choices in a good way. But, you know, like 
Um, I can't believe, I can't believe that my gut reaction was like, oh, like Alice Cullen in Twilight. It's not Doctor Who. It's not any other time traveler. But that's the thing is I want to be sure that I'm making the future for myself. And I think the five minute thing is too intense. How do you feel? Uh, I think I'm with you. Uh, I think the five minutes thing uh, would would eventually just become a party trick. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, maybe it might be able to help you out, like, if you're actually fighting someone, but I'm not in the habit of getting into fist fights with people. So, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the the 100 years, again, like you said, it's it's somehow, like, a little bit less pressure because, you know, you'll be gone. But you could actually make some, uh, you know, or point people in the right direction at very key moments where you can say, like, you know, this this choice would cause this or not doing it would cause this. Mm -hmm. uh, you would like have that. a lot of ability to sway some, like, presidential elections and say, like, do right. the thing for the arc of the universe. Right. But this is what I see in the future if you do this or that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You become an oracle, not yeah. someone who does party tricks. One other thing, too, uh, that this made me think of is I also feel like back to my issue of living five. I would be so preoccupied with what's about to happen five minutes from now that I feel like my entire life would sort of be happening to me five minutes ahead of everyone all the time at some point. Yeah. So it's kind of like when, you know, someone is watching something and you're texting them because it's like you're watching the same episode of TV or like an awards show. Maybe this is very personal to my life, but or or even just on um, services now, like the teleparty app that people use to sync up their streaming services. Uh, when you can tell that yours is just even 30 seconds behind someone and or ahead of someone and then your conversation about it is a mess and it drives you crazy. That's no way to live. It's no way to live. A hundred years. A hundred years for sure. Okay, there we go. Well, now, now everyone knows the definitive answer to that question. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Charlie. May I say one other thing about this or that before we move on? Sure. Um, I was prepared to come. I'm. I'm very glad with these questions. I was prepared for at least one of them to be about my very particular weird tastes. So I look. If I had five minutes ahead, though, I would have known. No sweat. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> But uh, I was ready for it to be like, you can only live with uh, being able to watch Paddington 2 or Fleabag again, which uh, you choose. Like, I was really emotionally litigating some of my personal tastes before coming to record today. And the fact that that didn't have to happen is honestly kind of cool. Well, hopefully we all learned something about ourselves. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so the next, next thing we want to do is... Um, uh, obviously your listeners probably have gotten quite a bit of, of information about you as the host, but uh, why don't you take a few minutes and tell us uh, about your faith story and where you are now. Um, give us, give us your, your background and current status. Yes. So um, I have made allusions a little bit to who I am as a person, but they've been in bits and pieces. I usually talk about how I'm hanging out with Baptists, things like that. Um, but the big thing is that I, uh, and this kind of dovetails also into my pursuit of ministry as a calling um, and kind of a through line here that I was raised Catholic. Um, my mom is Catholic or, you know, my mom was the Catholic force in our home. And uh, 
And my dad, though, was um, mostly spending my childhood going to a Methodist church in town. And so uh, basically what that meant is that my identity was more culturally Catholic for sure. I was I received sacraments in the Catholic church, things like that. But as I got older, I also had the ability to sort of see how the other half lived, um, <laughs> where uh, like my particular Catholic institution was not great with like youth involvement. I would get really jealous of people I knew who had a cool hip youth group to go to. And so that's when I would pretend to be more Methodist for a while. And I would hang out with um, the youth group or youth choir at my dad's church. I would do service projects. I helped with Sunday schools for the Methodists. And then eventually also sometimes by my teen years, the Catholics were like, ah, hey, let's use this girl. So I really also helped with some of those things as they developed in the parish I grew up with. Um, I did also attend a non-denominational Christian high school. And so that also broadened my views of what's out there. In some cases kind of blew my mind because people's normative practices of Christianity were so different from my own um, in regards to things like worship and sacraments and uh ideas about salvation that's a story for another day but um but that also brought in things so there was a little bit of a rebellious era when probably more like my eighth grade to freshman year i was sort of not as excited about the catholic church um I was very jealous of my friends who went to the cool churches where you could wear jeans and also drink coffee. Um, and- I'm on board with jeans. I don't care so much about the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my husband doesn't like coffee. I, however, very much enjoy it. Um, but the idea that it's like, yeah, man, we're just going to hang out in our cool non-pew chairs and listen mm-hmm. to the guy talk about Jesus. And we also get to like jam to some acoustic guitar was really enticing to me. And I didn't understand kind of why I needed to stay Catholic. Then sophomore year, I got real into the Catholicism because I went to Italy and to the Vatican. Um, And the universal aspect of Catholicism spoke to me. So there was kind of a resurgence in like trying to adhere to the universality of the church that I was mostly raised in. Charlie, you and I were married in a Catholic church. So, um, and I still had some quibbles with it, but also it is such a deep cultural force. And I'm not going to talk about that so much in my uh, podcast pedagogy moment. So along those lines, something I will say is that I think it's hard for people who've never been Catholic or super near Catholicism to understand the depth of how your belief, your practice, and your cultural position at any given time can be deeply, intricately interwoven or operating in their own separate spheres. Yeah. And and at any given time in your life, they can be overlapped. So I still, a lot of the time, feel these pangs of cultural Catholicism, even though I haven't been super Catholic for like a decade. <laughs> um, But uh, spoiler alert, not super Catholic anymore. Um, So the long story short is that um, in the first year of our marriage, we ended up in the year 2012, which was an election year that we 
thought was a big deal, but um, little did we know the deal could get bigger. Um, and it was just a time where um, political forces were really seeping into the churches we were going to, the Catholic churches. We were often, no matter which churches we tried, being handed messages that were really hard to take home and say they meshed with our value systems. Um, and then especially I was pursuing a gender studies degree. And so really having a difficulty saying this faith tradition matters so much to me and so deeply, but I also don't know how I can hold to it when stated doctrines are really not working well with my career and my studies and things like that. And the way and our personal ideals. Yes. Yeah. Our personal ideals. Um, yes. Thank you for adding that. <laughs> this is a Charlie with alongside with it. So this is a story for you listeners, not so much for Charlie. Um, but through a lot of factors, and I will be honest, a heap of prayer. Um, we just figured out that we needed to take a break. It turned into what seems to be a permanent break. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, if you are Catholic out there and listening right now, I will say um, I still have so much deep love for the institution and for what it is able to give a lot of people I know and love and care about. Um, it just couldn't be the spiritual nourishment for me and for us as a couple where we were any longer. Um, but fun, fun thing too, is that, as I mentioned, I had so much different kind of Christian education and often ended up in a leadership track in, you know, my youth roles and things like that. I was a huge Bible nerd. Again, so many stories for another day in high school. <laughs> um, big embarrassments there. Uh, sometimes I was very nerdy about stuff in um, my high school Christian studies curriculum. And so I actually started undergrad as a religion major. And then because I was still Catholic and because I didn't want to be a hardcore academic, went, I don't know what I'm going to do with this and left and got a communication degree. So this is all cycling back. I'm so sorry. This is a really long segment, longer than almost any. But um, but then I we threw a lot of, again, continued prayer a couple years ago came to really like the Episcopal Church, but didn't find a, a congregation in town that felt like us. But it began our search for bits of Christianity that reflected the people we were and still felt God called us to be. And so that's how we landed at Highland Baptist Church through um, an acquaintance who we met years ago at a karaoke um, birthday situation with some mutual friends. And so Highland Baptist now is where we are. It's really funny because there's a lot that I adore about the Baptist tradition the pendulum has swung from major hierarchy to major democracy in a way that is currently very spiritually healing. Um, I love being able to interpret scripture for myself and to have a say and to be part of a community and really be part of it for better or worse. Um, but there's also a lot I'm learning and still figuring out theologically about whether that is my long-term spiritual home. So um, I know I kind of glossed over because there's a lot of God and Jesus at work and Holy Spirit. I never give the Holy Spirit enough credit, um, but lot, lots of Holy Spirit in there too. Um, but yeah, that's kind of 
that's kind of the arc of my history, lots of my history that helps you understand how I got where I am today. Oh, and that then led me to seminary, yes. All right. Well, good. That, Charlie's exhausted. <laughs> no, no, not exhausted. But I think that's important because as the host of the podcast, I think uh, listeners uh, should have, have a means to know something about you and, and know where you're coming from. So, um, all right. Uh, we're going to move on to a couple sensory questions. Cool. Um, so uh, what is a smell or taste that reminds you of your faith tradition, either growing up or currently? Yeah. So... Um... I did joke with Jay on the latest episode of the podcast that a smell I associate with our current Baptist church is the smell of stale coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> we haven't been in that space for a long time. And this is this is a feature, not a bug. I don't want stale coffee to be perceived as negative. It is weirdly warm and inviting, but I just feel like there have been years and years of coffee uh, brewed in this space for all kinds of hospitality. And it's just like part of the building. And so, yeah, um, it's pretty funny. Uh, the other thing, too, is that we, when I think about smells of my youth, I, I don't know if it's because we're in this liturgical time of Advent right now where this would be more of a feature. But lately, I have been thinking so much about the incense um, that was used in churches growing up. We had a little yep. chat about it because we're the kind of household where we chat about incense casually. <laughs> um, but yeah, the incense of my, the churches of my youth really, I just try to think about that smell sometimes and it gets me in this sort of elevated sacred space. And mm -hmm. the imagery of also this incense that floods your nostrils, by mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. um, but you can see the smoke clouds rising above. The last Catholic church that I was really a part of, that we were married in, um, had these beautiful, like, open, modern spaces. But mm -hmm. you could just see so much light flooding in at the top of the sanctuary, too. And so it was, like, following this cloud and really making a connection between the incense and God. Also, my grandma often would reach a threshold where the incense was no longer helpful and she would cough and kind of uh, struggle. And that was always funny, too. So I have some emotional memories there. But um, I even have a conditioner now that reminds me just a tiny bit of the incense perfumey smell. And sometimes it makes me like, this is gorgeous. I could cry. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Uh, our next question is, uh, of course, how has uh, COVID impacted uh, anything about your faith practice? Yeah, so hopefully this will be a little shorter answer, but um, it's a lot of this has been covered by a lot of our amazing guests. Uh, most recently, Jay and Preston shared a lot about um, the emotional differences, the pros and cons, basically, between the two of them also of having to not be in the physical space of your church. I have an interesting thing where I very much miss being in the church space, but also um, it's not the building, but the whole experience of being in the building with people I love and care about that has been hard and missed. Um, mm -hmm. I, I miss that the smell of stale coffee comes from 
mediocre coffee that we're all sipping from in between Bible study <laughs> and service. And we're all mulling around and chatting in between and greeting people. And, you know, that is what I miss. If, if we can't have that, I am personally not going to be pounding down the doors to say we have to open our church again, because anything that's going to happen without that contact for a while is still going to be kind of a ghost of the stuff I like in church. The amazing thing is like, Charlie, you're part of this, so feel free to chime in. But a lot of our spiritual community is distant because there would be those people you just kind of cross paths with sometimes. But also, amazingly, I feel like so much of our spiritual community has been strengthened throughout all of this. Yeah, we've had to come up with new ways to do lots of things. Obviously, you know, we have virtual worship and we have virtual Bible study. And even, I mean, everybody is dealing with um, other virtual spaces, uh, you know, classrooms or meetings or, or whatever. But it is really tough to make a virtual hallway where you just kind of walk through and see people that you haven't seen in a week or since yesterday or whatever, or you, you see someone you're like, oh, I needed to tell you this. Um, and and that is something that um, that brings out a lot of character in, in people that you interact with that is a little bit missing in, in our uh, current virtual spaces. And um, so, yeah, we've had to figure out new ways to make that kind of stuff happen. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, I, but I agree that, that in, in, in a lot of ways, our, um, our congregation has been strengthened. We, we've been um, put in places where we can interact with people that we haven't interacted with um, or wouldn't interact with as much. Um, as well. So that's been really good. Yeah, I've been uh, uh, something that I didn't have a lot of contact with before COVID is um, kind of more of an intergenerational dimension to mm -hmm. our faith community. I um, uh, during COVID, I'm I'm excited because I was uh, ordained as a deacon, um, mm -hmm. which was a very special and interesting experience. But I I really hold it close to my heart. And part of being a deacon now in the church is that with COVID, they're doing amazing things at our church and restructuring the concept of pastoral care in general and what it needs to look like. So there's an intentionality of fostering neighborhood groups that it's not just about, oh, what service do you go to? Are you are you a nine o'clock or an 11 o'clock <laughs> person? But it's also... Um, well, who is literally near you in your community? Who could you reach out to if you were in trouble or mm -hmm. if you needed emotional support or help? I, you know, broke my arm and I need dinners delivered, right? Those kinds of things. Um, and so that's put me in contact in some really beautiful ways with my immediate neighbors. And becoming a deacon has put me in contact with just larger facets of people who are really involved with the church. And separately, not for nothing, on the flip side, our peer community in our Bible study has been an incredible rock through mm -hmm. all of this. Um, we have met some new people who have found us during this time of COVID. And mm -hmm. I am always impressed when someone is willing to try something new in a new virtual space that is spiritual and vulnerable like that. Um, but the people in our Bible study, I'll plug our leaders, Guthrie Graves Fitzsimmons, husband to previous podcast guest, uh, John Russell Stanger, read Guthrie's book, um, Just Faith, out now. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, yes, enjoy, please do. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the plug. We get mentioned in, in the end, uh, in the acknowledgements, because we were part of Bible study while it was being developed. But um, but Guthrie it has really worked hard to create intentional space. And it's so amazing and rewarding to have people spiritually who can talk about the heavy stuff, but also just what's going on and mm -hmm. trade opinions and pop culture references. And also at some point we always read the Bible and that is uh, incredibly spiritually profound in this time of everything being a little off kilter otherwise. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think it is time for um, the podcast pedagogy moment. Um, and, and we talked about this and, uh, the question I want to ask is somewhat more specific than just teach me something, but, um, I want to give some space for Aaron to reflect on this project since it was for a class, um, and, and what, how it has been making this podcast, uh, and, and what she has learned. Thank you. Yes. Um, and Charlie's been here while I've been learning to make the podcast, which is a whole other fun thing too. So um, there are a few takeaways that I wrote up in just a little quick reflection paper, but I'm excited to share some of them here. Um, it was funny because I tried to provide sort of a list of episodes that I thought my professors might like to pop in on first um, because they might provide a different snapshot or show what the podcast ended up becoming. But it was so hard to write that list because even in just this handful of episodes, truly there's, I love you all, but there's actually not a single favorite <laughs> of any of you who joined me um, because everyone brought their own beautiful personal selves and dimensions to the project. So um, it, thank you it, to all the guests. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, literally could not have done this without you. So thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was the kind of thing where, first of all, I was just so grateful um, to have people in my community who were willing to talk with me. And uh, there's truly, in my mind, not a single like dud. There's no episode that I've walked away from thinking, well, there, what are people going to take away from this? There is always something fun, something meaningful, something connective something that has named an experience. Um, some favorite snapshots include, for example, I mentioned it earlier, recently Jay and I um, were talking about her experience in church. And when I asked her the sensory question, she said, I know I'm in a Baptist church when, and she said it smells like peppermint and aftershave, which blew my mind because as I've said, my church smells like still coffee sometimes. Sometimes. Um, I, it's always the smell that greets me first when I walk in. And so really understanding like, oh, sometimes we think we're the same and there's something really special that makes our experiences different. And, um, you know, sometimes it could be moments like when Randy was talking so lovingly about her conversion experience, um, even though she's landed in this specific faith tradition, I know that she was able to talk about kind of naming the religious questioning that can happen over years long periods. And I appreciate that a bunch. Um, this is not the most profound moment with Christine. I had so much fun reconnecting with her because we're in touch online, but Instagram is not the same as in-person discussion. And so it just felt so good and affirming 
to be able to talk with her and banter like we did when we were roommates and including the moment where she said she thought I would be good at ministry. I said, ah, and then she immediately said, don't get cocky, which is the encapsulation <laughs> of our friendship. And also I'm just so grateful um, for her sharing. And I am also, yeah, I'm just thankful for also Sarah and John, my Presbyterian buddies representing the views a little more specifically that come out of my seminary, but also teaching me a bit about um, the cultural significance of their churches and their lives and redemptive theologies um, for John was really profound. So um, yeah, so many things. I had fun connecting with Preston as well at work and I would, I would be able to, I'm thankful that in that case, I had had a lot of versions of the types of conversations we had on the podcast. And I think that it's such a gift to be able to share what makes a faith that a lot of people don't understand as well meaningful for someone. So um, yeah, I'm just deeply thankful and and appreciative of all of those moments. Um, and another thing, and this is something that gets back to Christine's episode that I really want to make sure I'm intentional about is that um, I put out a call on my personal Facebook and occasionally got in touch one-on-one -on -one with people I just knew would be a great fit for this project. And I'm so thankful people said yes, but my pitch was that I wanted to talk about people's religious experiences and where they find meaning. And I wanted to make sure that it wasn't from the beginning a podcast where everyone's Christianity sounds exactly like my own. I think you can hear that the most probably in John's episode because we just speak the same language sometimes. <laughs> and so we can get on our own little tangents of what we find interesting and exciting. Um, and I didn't want it to just be that. I mm -hmm. Those moments are rewarding, but it's not just about affirming me. And so I wanted to see if I could open up to different faiths, different branches of Christianity, different experiences. And, um, and I included, you know, if you're atheist or agnostic as well. And I truly was deeply grateful and blown away by the people who don't have a specific faith tradition or specifically name themselves as atheist or agnostic who are willing to lend a hand. Um, so part of this is just that I am lucky to know a number of freakishly good and kind people. <laughs> but also it's, um, it's something that I put in my paper that I want to take into my ministry life after I'm done with this degree and whatever version of uh, my calling that this looks like. And it's something that I hope listeners remember who have been on the podcast ride with me and listening uh, here and there to all the episodes is that I think it's really important to make room for people who don't have a faith tradition or don't believe in God to still share about their moral centers and where they find meaning and what they find important. Um, because that is just such an, I was so pleased with how many people were eager to share. And I felt bad being like, there's probably room for only one or two atheists this time around. <laughs> um, and, and so I know that just like Christianity, there will be so many different shades of that experience that if I get to continue this, there are to explore. Christine is not the one person to speak to it. And so, um, so yeah, I just really want, it's taught me a lot about who feels included, 
who is eager and willing to share when they are allowed a seat at the table and what I'm going to keep reflecting for a long time about what that means to me too. Well, um, you have alluded to my next question and, and it's okay if you are not ready to commit in this exact moment of end of the semester stress, but, um, but is there the possibility that this podcast would continue for another five, 10, or, you know, hundreds or hundreds of hundreds. Thousands, thousands of episodes. <laughs> podcast is my <laughs> life now. Um, I actually think there is a really good chance. Um, they're probably not going to keep dropping like secret shows. I'll pick a day a week eventually, and probably not for a while, at least into 2021. Um this project was defined a lot by wanting to get kind of a proof of concept out there, <laughs> you know, really making sure I could do this and do it kindly. And, and oh, I'm really working on making sure that I can continue to stay open to people and um, different traditions mm -hmm. and also not just have it be repetitive. Um, so I, a couple things have been brought up. One, as I've mentioned, I felt so bad for having to table all of those kind, open-hearted people who don't have a specific faith tradition and just <laughs> say like, oh my gosh, I love it. Thank you for wanting to talk to me. I'm so sorry, not now though. <laughs> um, and so I would want to be sure to include that and maybe also diversify the ways I think of my questions. Mm. Um, and the other thing that was brought up by one or two of my cohort members is that talk about how COVID's impacted things. We've met each other pretty much entirely online. Um, and so it was brought up by my friend Abigail first, I think that this could be a really special way for at least members of my cohort to occasionally hear each other's stories, like a little deeper mm -hmm. than we get to share in class discussion because our time with each other is so brief and so specifically targeted to whatever learning goals we're meeting any given day. So um, I think that I, I make no promises. There is no season two set date, but I do think that some version of this is likely to continue because I've been so appreciative about how fruitful people have found it and how much fun I will say I've had doing it. Also, side note, if you hear any rustling in the background, our cat Sam is just so excited to be included. He is, he is, really trying to knock things off the table and mess around and he he just wants to play so he's he's the true guest of this podcast sam has sat through a lot of recording and editing with me <laughs> and you know he's he's really kind of like when new york is the the extra star of sex in the city sam is the extra star of this podcast you just didn't know he was there all right. Well, I think it is time uh to move on to our final little bit here uh with the benediction um I think we can both do one. Um, yes. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I would love for you to, because I actually forgot to prepare this part. So, <laughs> so do you have something you want to say? Um, so we are recording this on uh, on the third Sunday of Advent 2020, um, which at least uh, in in our Baptist church is, is Joy Sunday. Um, and uh, 2020 as we all know, has been a year of, um, of, of troubling things. Um, and How kindly you put that. <laughs> uh, and, and so it's, it's really easy um, to focus on, you know, the past two Sundays have been focused on hope. 
How can we have hope in this time? And then peace. How can we find peace in our world? Uh, and and joy actually seems to be kind of the harder one uh, at this point. Um, how do you find happiness uh, in in a time that has that has it has been very hard to be happy? Um, so that is, I guess, that's just my benediction for the listeners. I hope that they can find some ways uh, over the next couple of weeks as we finish 2020 to find uh, some really joyful times in their in their life. That was beautiful. Um, I love that. Did I take yours? No, you didn't. <laughs> you, you know, I fully didn't have one until you started talking. And then I thought, um, so you didn't take mine. Uh, but related to sort of wrapping up with the 2020 of it all, um, my wish for listeners in whatever way you um, are experiencing the end of this year is that in a safe way, you find a way to reach out to someone who you care about um, and or reach out to foster a connection and get through vulnerabilities. Um, so this is partly brought up by, I, I felt very personally restored uh, by a friend who did this recently and said, hey, actually from virtual Bible study, like we, we don't get to spend a lot of other time together would you like to do a Zoom dinner date? And he did provide the dinner, which was amazing too. But then we went back to our home and Zoomed and it's hard and vulnerable to do things like that, to ask if someone has room for an extra phone call or Zoom date in all of our virtual lives, but it was incredibly fruitful. And so um, at least I felt like it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was kind of good for our souls to mix things up. And so- And dinner it, was delicious. Dinner was delicious, but- I also then want to wish for some version of that and some embrace of the courage it takes sometimes to make that happen for each person, um, to reach out, to remind someone you care, to foster that connection and kind of embrace whatever friendship and warmth you can during um, safe and socially distant times. So, yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you very much for being here on your own podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, listeners, thank you for for support and and for listening. Yes, thanks very much. Um, and and uh, uh, we'll see you in season two, whenever that happens. I guess it will. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to For the Love of Pod. I appreciate everyone who tunes in as I teach myself how to podcast, and I am so grateful for the guests who teach me. Have a nice day!